How are you living? Good. Good? Yeah. <laughs> I slept an extra four hours. <laughs> magically. <laughs> and then the time changed. So when I woke up this morning, it was like, holy shit. Yeah, that's a heart attack in the morning. Yeah, it really uh, ruffled my feathers. <laughs> I lucked out because I saw a post on Instagram yesterday that was like, don't forget. I, <laughs> I got into the car and I'm looking at the cl- both clocks, you know, on my phone and in the car. And I was like, wait, what happened? <laughs> I, it's, it was a, yeah, it's been a great morning. <laughs> <laughs> a tad bit frazzled. I just completely forgot. So it, it really like a little speed bump. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, the text that you sent me this morning was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Cage, and it was like five minutes before your call time. And you're like, holy shit, <laughs> I just woke up. <laughs> yeah, because it's my, uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't set an alarm because normally I wake up way before. Yeah, you don't need to. Yeah. It you got your body work. clock. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is my least favorite time change. Yeah, and... I mean, I know there's only two, but falling back, I have no problem adjusting. Springing forward, I always have a problem adjusting. Oh, yeah, because you lose, basically, in the morning. And then you gain at night, kind of, I guess is how it works. Like, you gain some more sun time. Yeah. (laughs) I'm all about them gains. Yeah, gains. (laughs) How about you? How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. I had a very challenging week, but I overcame my challenges. Ah. So I'm I'm starting to feel a little bit better than I was. Getting out of the weeds. Getting out of the weeds a little bit. Good. I was very anxious, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> so some of that subsiding has been such a blessing and a gift. Yeah. And I got a really good night's sleep last night. And that always makes me feel better. Yeah. It's sort of a bad cycle when I'm in uh, an anxious state. I don't sleep well. And as we know, I'm not a fantastic sleeper to begin with. But if I'm anxious, my sleep suffers a lot. And then because I become sleep deprived, the anxiety increases and cyclical fuckery ensues. Yeah. You tweaker. Yeah. Uh-huh. Tweaking out. <laughs> And then add coffee, which is like fire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you sent me that excellent <laughs> meme the other day that I still need to post on my Instagram. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it was a guy throwing gasoline on the fire. Yeah. And the fire was my anxiety. And the gasoline was enough caffeine to kill a horse. <laughs> 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 and me. Yeah, that's great. It's a perfect representation of the cyclical fuckery. Yeah, but I just love coffee so much. I'm not a huge caffeine person. You know, I don't really drink soda. No. Uh, So my intake of caffeine is just coffee, but it's something that I really refuse to give up just because I enjoy the ritual of it and I enjoy the flavor, and I would rather adjust everything else. Not that. I mean, if my anxiety got bad enough, obviously I would have to come up with a solution of some kind or a compromise, if you will. Yeah. But I'm not at that 
point. No, I think also, too, is uh, you don't drink a ton of coffee either. I mean, yes, you get caffeinated easily, oh, but it's what's not a like, ton? You know, I, <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I have I have some friends that are, I got to cut back so that I'm only at eight or nine cups <gasps> a day. Okay, like, yeah. like that. I'm not there. Yeah. I'm four on a really bad day, maybe five. Yeah. I used to be a lot worse about it. When I was filming Grey's Anatomy, I was. Yeah, but you're working like 12 hours a day. For, that was, yeah. Grey's Anatomy was 18 hours. Or 18, even more. Yeah. Which was which was insane. Like that cast and crew worked so hard, but the hours were crazy. Yeah. And I was seriously living off of Butterfingers and coffee. I mean, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. I would do that. Eight cups a day. And, oh, I don't even want to talk about how many. The Butterfinger were minis, right? Yeah. 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 So eventually, maybe probably two full bars. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. That's All good. together. I mean, if you put the calories together. <laughs> well, I wasn't even, at that time, I obviously wasn't really caring about <laughs> oh. nutritional value. I was just like, what can I eat really quickly that gives me the most energy, which isn't the best way to go about it because sugar and caffeine is not real energy. And it's not energy that you can keep at a consistent level. It's just peaking. And then you start to crash having more peaking. It's not yeah. good. Yeah. It's, it's really, it does a number on your, on your sleep as well. Do you remember my <laughs> hair lady just dragging me every day? She's like, "You're disgusting." <laughs> this makes no sense. So <laughs> How funny. you are surviving and existing on chocolate and coffee. It's nasty. <laughs> and uh, potato chips. Ooh. I mean, cuz you do need the salt <clears throat> to balance out your sugar highs. Oh my god. You're a bad chemist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's on a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> There's proof of that. I burnt a, a hole in our old garage. Remember when I had a chemistry set? I almost blew up the garage. Oh, yeah. Not a great chemist. Not a great way. Well, <laughs> that would be a more literal interpretation. Totally. That's good, though. Butterfinger, chips, and coffee. A baked Lay's? I mean, at, simultaneously, too, is quite an experience. <laughs> it wasn't good for my teeth, I'll tell oh. you that much. Oh. <laughs> Butterfingers, if you are experienced with Butterfingers, can literally rip your teeth out. Yeah. It gets stuck in your teeth. It doesn't, pulls on everything. It doesn't and then, leave. You know, chips no. are kind of the same. Well, then you just add the chips on top, and they get stuck, and oh. It's great. At least I, I brushed my teeth a lot, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I feel like as a scene partner, though, that had to be delightful, just smelling chocolate while I'm talking. Yeah. I think it's great. It's better than some of the things that actors eat when they have to be <laughs> in close proximity to Ugh. you in a scene. <laughs> I've smelled some pretty gnar stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. So today, speaking of just 
being out of control. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We wanted to talk a little bit about how to get some of that control back, I guess. Yes. More of a maybe get yourself back on track or at least begin to. Yeah. Type of, not necessarily control, but maybe more habit patterns. Yeah. Especially after quarantine, after whatever experiences you've gone through with this entire situation might have knocked you far off of any sort of balance within your own life. Yeah. So we thought it would be fun to bring up some stuff from some gentlemen online that have some great information (laughs) (laughs) about how to do that type of stuff. We've mentioned one of them quite a lot, Mr. David Goggins. Yes. But we've also done some other research. These are people that you and I both listen to regularly. Yeah. And I think for our disposition, they're really helpful. But for some people, they're too aggressive. And like the way that they deliver their message, some people can't absorb because of how (laughs) intense they are and because of their verbiage, how they deliver. So we figured we'd soften it because I've, I've also gotten a lot of messages over the course of the last year asking why I get up so early and what am I doing, especially during quarantine. I was getting up at around four every morning and everybody knew that it was quarantine <laughs> and we had no place to go. So yeah. like I was getting a ton of messages like, why are you doing this to yourself? So I thought that this would be a fun discussion to unpack that a little bit, what it meant to me, what it means to Cage, things that we've found useful. Like, obviously, we're not experts on anything, really, but like... (laughs) Well, this would be more about how we use what we've looked up to help you guys. So a little bit of our interpretation of what they're saying... Obviously, like Tina said, there's some of the things that are said are are fairly aggressive and and maybe taken a little bit differently than they could be interpreted to you so that you can use it effectively. Yeah, because these two men are Navy SEALs. You know, they're ex-military. They've had a very specific lifestyle. In a previous episode, we had Mr. Ballin on, and he discussed that in depth, you know, that the level of elite athleticism that they're at, the level of competition that they constantly lived within speaks to a certain kind of personality, you know, and that's not for everyone, but that doesn't mean that the information that these guys possess isn't really important and really applicable to everybody's life. And these are the people that we've used on and off to try and rebalance ourselves. And especially like what you were saying before, after this last year and the quarantine and Pandy, it's like, it's hard to take care of yourself and to know what that even looks like after an unprecedented event that also has lasted 
this fucking long, you know? And I guess from our perspective, we just, we get a lot of questions on our Instagram and we want to be as helpful as possible. So we thought we would just share some of the information that's helped us a lot. And hopefully you'll be able to take something away from it. And anything that you can't take away from it, that's fine. Yeah. Take what you need, leave the rest. Exactly. This is just to provide some help in how we view some stuff, because maybe you view it the same. I also think that when you're on social media and every Monday somebody's putting up Monday motivation, like I know that the intentions are good, but it's sometimes it's not explained in depth enough where it just seems like, okay, great. Like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? That's how I feel sometimes where I'm like, this is half or a quarter of the equation and it just makes me feel like shit. Like it's not motivating me to do anything because I want I want to be able to absorb something that clicks with me that makes me want to better myself. And a lot of those Monday motivation things kind of fall into a category of like being in competition with other people and like who's sleeping the least and who's grinding the most. And it's not, I don't find that to be real. I don't find it to be healthy. I don't find it to be helpful personally it's not very motivational no (laughs) i mean i genuinely i believe that it just makes people feel like shit or it makes them scoff at it and i personally am somebody where i need those things to be grounded in reality and to be something that i can take what i need from it and think to myself huh that's an interesting perspective maybe that would work for me like I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. Like, how can I help myself? So this isn't going to be your run-of-the-mill Monday motivation. No. I think this will be more of, here's some information that we found that might be useful for you in your life to give it a little bit more stability, I guess you could say, within your day since when you wake up every morning and if you're on social media or if you're watching news or if you're whatever it is that you're doing every day if you're not having to report to anything or if you or even if you are having to report to anything maybe it'll help provide a little bit more uh, uh, rigidity in your day and not so up in the air feeling yeah free stuff. for all yeah no structure I mean because the the truth of the matter is is that human beings are creatures of habit and we do need discipline and we do need structure to really thrive. And that doesn't mean that you have to be scheduled within an inch of your life, but adult humans are kind of just like kids. Like we need things to depend on even if, and, and unfortunately for adults, it's like with kids, an adult is creating that structure for you. Like 7 PM is wind down time. And then we do, you know, read a book and then we go to bed. It's like, you sort of, when you grow out of childhood, you don't, nobody tells you that as an adult, you have to be that person for yourself. And it sucks because I wish somebody else would do it for me because it's so annoying. I, I enjoy doing it. Here, it, This is the part that is, is a speed bump for me. Yeah. Like I enjoy putting the schedule, like doing a schedule, but where I get off the rails is, Sometimes my own schedule that I've made for myself, I I can't stick to because of 
how <laughs> the the busy part of my life maneuvers itself, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So sometimes what that means is I'll set goals during the day, and then if I get off track because of something else, then that makes me feel a little bit bummed that I didn't get to hit some of those goals. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy setting them. I understand that because I think that both of us share this in common is that we're really good at beating the shit out of ourselves. Yeah, that's true. For small things and large. And that's really kind of what I want to talk about today is like getting out of that habit. Small victories, large victories is really like learning to be accountable to yourself and learning to be proud of yourself, like building pride within yourself that has nothing to do with anybody else. Cause I'm so sick of this, like the competitive nature of everything. Not everything is a competition. And most of the time in my experience, it's only about like, am I better than I used to be? That's all I really care about. It's, I feel like, yes, there is competition in life and that's a very real thing, but Mentally staying in that arena is really damaging, and sometimes it can hold you back from making actual progress for yourself. Like, I'm in a very competitive business, but I try not to think about it like I'm competing against other people. It's, am I better than I used to be at my job? How can I be more organized? How can I be more proactive? How can I be more disciplined? How can I, you know, all of those questions that are, that's in the realm of what I can control because everything else I can't. Yeah. You know, and I think that one of the hardest parts of the pandy for me is how much shit just completely fell out of my control. And it, it's been about trying to reconnect with what I can. Yeah. You know, it's basics. I started waking up at four in the morning because I realized that I guess I didn't feel like I had a lot of self-respect. And I don't mean that in how I engaged with other people. Like, I know I respect myself, but my words stopped meaning so much with me. Like, when I said, I want to do this, and it didn't have to do with work, I, I would never follow through with that. And it was almost like my trust in my relationship with myself started to dissipate a lot because it's like, well, unless there's going to be monetary gain to this, then it's not important. And it's like, no, I really had to teach myself to reevaluate my relationship with me. Like how I feel matters, how I feel about myself matters. The things that I want to do matters a lot. And it, and it really either contributes or subtracts from my personal happiness. So I started waking up at four. It was just like an agreement that I made with myself that if I followed through with that every morning, I was starting to build respect and trust within myself. It was like, I said I was going to do it and look, I did it and I'm doing it every day. And it's also a time when everybody else is asleep. So I could have time to myself to drink my coffee, to do my workout, to play with Stan, to read, to meditate, do whatever I felt like my morning needed to look like, I could do that without being interrupted 
by phone calls, text messages, emails, social media, any of that. But that small little decision really did set the trajectory for me to get better at building habits for me and only me. It has nothing to do with anybody else. It was me time. Yeah, I agree. I ha- I didn't really do... I Magically, I wake up fairly early anyways, like without making it a um, like a set time. So I'm usually up around six o'clock, I would say. So it would be nice to get up earlier because then I would have some more time because I already enjoy the time that I have just at six. Yeah. So, but I'm also up late as well because I have, you know, my days are just long. So I have to have a certain amount of time to sleep. I usually, usually my body, my body wants about six or seven hours of sleep. Yeah. Where I'm like recharged. But same thing. Mine is when I get up in the morning, I do the, I, this is something that came from, I forget who it was that said it. I think it was another, it was another Navy person, oddly enough. Right. It was like these Navy guys have it down. <laughs> yeah, they got it on lock. And his thing was about bed making. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm yeah. big on that too. So first thing, that's the first victory of the day, which I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous. But as soon as you get up, you make your bed, you make it nice, everything's, that's the start. That's number one is checked off. That's That's how my day starts. And then usually from there, you just build your goals. Like you were talking about, like you have certain things that you like to get done in the morning within your time. And those are same, same things. Like I, I like my bed made. I usually will pick up the house before I leave. So then when I come home, it's clean or at least everything's where I left it you know, or where I put it. And it's nice when you come back into your house and it's not a, like a, explosion. a tip. Yeah. yeah. And there's much, there's much more, which we'll get into, but I think that that starting the day like that is very important for your, your battles for the day. I think if you're really hard on yourself too, it does sound ridiculous at first where you're like, oh, all I have to do is wake up when the alarm clock tells me to wake up and make my bed. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable how after a couple of days even, let alone a couple of weeks of me doing that, how proud of myself I felt just for something small like that. And I think that's what's really cool about these things is that it doesn't have to be some huge undertaking like of course you should be proud of yourself when you when you undertake like a, a gigantic project and there's very obvious hurdles that you've had to get over but it's like these little tiny things that really helped me to build a lot more trust and pride in myself is like I'm taking care of myself and it doesn't take much to do that that's what's crazy about it is when you were talking about the small victories, Jocko talks about that. Yeah, he's huge on that. Jocko says, you know, if you can set an alarm and you get up instead of being like, oh, but I'm still like, I'm so cozy. I want to go back to sleep. It's like, that's the, like you were saying, the first victory of the day. And the more 
small victories that you build for yourself during the day, the easier it becomes to say no to things that aren't good for you or no to things that aren't serving you. And of course, that's a personal thing. That's a personal preference, what you think isn't serving you or what you think isn't good for you. But for me, if I can get up when I say I'm going to get up, if I, you know, the next step making the bed, wow, I took care of that. And now my room is ready for when I come home later or, or whatever. It's like those two things really make me want to face the next challenge and get myself a win. I think it what it does is it builds stability in your life with very basic things so that when big challenges come, yes, you can always rely on the little stuff to be your rock. Yeah, your foundation. Like your foundation, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's very important to know too because if you say you have a super high pressure job and you know, it feels like crazy making every day. If you have the little stuff and you're repetitious about it, then you can always rely on that regardless of how unreliable or unpredictable your crazy job and or life is. Yes. So what that does, I think, is it it kind of helps. You can tell me if you know, this helps for you, but I think it does a lot for anxiety. Oh, yeah. You know, in the in the realm of, of not necessarily OCD, but more gives you a way to always be able to go to those things when you're anxious about stuff that you don't have that control over. Yes, because I think that that reliance on not only these little things that you're doing, but that reliance on yourself, it, at least with me, I can only speak to my my own experience, but I can depend on myself to know what makes me feel okay, no matter how crazy my life gets or what life throws at me. Because the expectation that you're going to work super hard and get to a level where nothing bad ever happens again or no curveballs are thrown your way ever again or that doesn't exist. No. And I think for a long time I operated under that ideology where I was like, oh, I'm going to work and work and work and then I'll get to this place and then it'll be easy sailing. And like that's not what life is. So that reliance that you're talking about and how it equates to anxiety management is huge for me because I wanted my relationship with myself to be strong enough to weather those storms. I can always go back to those little things. Like you were saying, the foundation is there. No matter what's happening or how anxious I feel, it's changed my attitude is the big thing where I can say, this isn't optimal. I don't like what's happening right now, but what can I do? For myself, like what's the step that I can take? Because there are several other pieces that are, you know, in God's hands or in other people's hands. Like what is my piece of that? It's that personal accountability and personal responsibility. And, you know, these Navy SEAL guys are huge on that. That's why I've found a lot of value in their messages. I've read a couple of their books you and I watch their YouTube videos sometimes when we need to get our ass back in gear. <laughs> like 
I don't always love, we joked about this before, I don't always love when Goggin's yelling at me to not be a bitch, <laughs> you know, but the message, what that message really is, is don't go to the space of self-pity. Don't go to the self-victimizing mentality. Have enough pride in yourself to say, how am I accountable in this situation? How can I be more accountable in this situation? What can I do to turn this around for myself? Because it's not up to anybody else. So what is more powerful? Is it curling up into a ball and staying there until something changes because life always changes? Or is it getting knocked down, probably curling up into a ball sometimes? I have so many times in my life where you just need to. I'm not saying pretend like you're not upset or pretend like you're unaffected. It's allowing yourself to feel what you need to feel. And then when you're ready, saying like, what are some action steps that I can take? How can I, how can I pick myself up? And, and this is something, I mean, we talked about this a little bit with Val Harvey, how kids are raised, or at least how kids were raised in the 80s with the Disney movies that someone was always going to come to save you. That's not real. Like, you have to be the person to save you. So these little things are, that's how I view them, where it's like, I'm in pain, I'm in trouble, I'm in despair, I feel like shit about myself. Like, what are steps that I can take to save myself from those in the the spiritual realm, what they call lower frequency (laughs) headspaces? Yes. And also, I think with that comes some of the stuff that these guys talk about that they refer to as, you know, they, they, they spell it out as leadership. So it, a lot of the times that you're watching this stuff, it it almost feels like they're trying to turn you into some sort of, you know, (laughs) commando. (laughs) Yeah. But really I'm fairly certain that what they're getting at, at least uh, with Jocko, especially is he's talking about becoming the, a leader for yourself so leading yourself not not leading navy seals into battle or anything like that he uses no. that as a an analogies because he's been in extreme situations that have taught these types of lessons but when he's speaking about leadership he's literally talking about being a good leader to yourself being the commando of your own life it's yeah. like all those tiktoks that you see that this was happening a lot during the pandy. I don't know if they're still around, but there were a bunch of TikToks that were like, you have to become the star of your life, you know? And if you think about your life as a movie, are you the lead character or are you an extra? And a lot of people are the extra in their own life. So what these guys are talking about is that. Yeah. How to prioritize yourself and not be like a narcissistic, selfish piece of shit. It's like, you have to take care of yourself first so that you can better be there for your life and the people that you love that are in it. It's like the oxygen mask analogy that everybody uses. You know, you have to put your oxygen mask on first before you help anybody else. It's it's a cliche because it's true. And I've tried to reframe the saying somebody is so full of themselves, right? Usually that means that they're cocky, arrogant, insufferable (laughs) people that you don't want to be around. 
but I was listening to Super Soul Sunday and Oprah was actually talking about what it means to truly be full of yourself is that if you are full and you're responsible for keeping your tank at a certain level, then you can, you have something to pull from to give to others instead of being on E, not ecstasy, empty, (laughs) (laughs) being on empty and and really, what are you contributing to other people's lives? Like, if that's how your mind works, where it's like, well, I don't matter. I want to be able to give to others. It's like, enabled to, in, enable to be giving to others, you have to have something to pull from. You have to have a tank to pull from to be truly giving to others. Yeah. And with the leadership thing, it's more to teach you how to not take situations that you make yourself responsible for and blame other things and or people. Unpack that further. Okay. That would mean, like, for example, this morning when I was, you know, waking up and I am used to waking up at a certain time and blah, blah, blah. When that doesn't happen... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to choose other things to blame. Oh, it's my alarm didn't, um, this didn't go off, or I didn't see that I was too tired, or this. It's not, there isn't an excuse. I didn't wake up at the time that I needed to wake up because I wasn't prepared, because I didn't know the time was going to change, because I wasn't reading it. Yeah. Meaning, like, I didn't know that information because I didn't look at it. But I'm not going to throw that on something else. I know it's a very basic example, but I'm not going to throw blame or excuses on why I didn't hit whatever goals that I'm setting for the day. And I think that's almost more important than setting the goals because there are going to be days that you don't hit the goals. Right. But if you're responsible for why you didn't, then that will build your trust in yourself and help you lead yourself better because of honesty. Yes. Right? So yes. If, you're, if you're doing things out of honesty and you're really like honest with yourself about why stuff didn't work, then you won't make bad patterns of like beating yourself up when something doesn't work. And it takes a while, but it'll also translate into your life too where if you get into a situation at work where something happens or, you know, in a relationship or whatever it is, it's like, no, 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 this is my fault because of this. And I'm sorry, you know, like responsibility. That's a huge, that's a huge thing when, especially in relationships is I've noticed that it's really difficult for people to have personal accountability because they feel like something bad is going to happen if they admit that they did something wrong. And it's strange to me because we're human. We're all going to fuck up. We all do things, uh, quote unquote, wrong sometimes. It's not the end of the world. I feel like if you're in denial or you reject responsibility and accountability, it just gets you further and further away from your goals. It gets you further and further away from intimacy and love when you're in relationships. It's like... If somebody has their feelings hurt, for instance, by something that you said, it's not for you to decide if what you said hurt somebody. They're a separate person from you. So it's like, even if your intentions were good, 
that doesn't mean that it wasn't still interpreted in a hurtful manner to that other person. And like, if you give a shit about the other person, how hard is it to just say, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that I hurt you. I, I won't do it again or whatever, you know, but the, the personal accountability that you're talking about is really important, not just in the context of your relationship with other people, but in the relationship with yourself. Yeah. And, and that's really what's, I mean, it's a simple concept. It's not always easy to do because it sucks taking personal accountability sometimes, you know, like I've definitely set bigger goals in my life at certain times and not met the mark. And of course I want to blame everything else. But at the end of the day, it's like you do have to go back and do that personal check and be like, well, did I prepare well enough? Did I practice enough? Did I do X, Y, and Z enough? If the answer is no, I need to be honest about that so that I can reconfigure my battle plan. If I'm in denial about it and I'm always blaming exterior circumstances or things or people, I'm never going to get where I want to go because it's not real. Like you can't be afraid of being truthful and honest with yourself and with other people because if you're just all operating under a cloud of bullshit, where does that lead you? Like what kind of outcome can you expect from that if you're not dealing in facts? Facts are not there to comfort you. Facts are there to guide you. Like facts are uncomfortable sometimes. The truth hurts. That's why that's a saying too. But past that initial hurt, there's important information in being honest with yourself and being honest with other people so that you can reconfigure and that's where your control is. It's like, this is what's really happening. How can I make this better or different, et cetera? Yes. And then also with the leadership tactic for yourself, right? Part of the plan-making, goal-making, the structuring that you're doing is creating something that you can be proud of. Mm-hmm something that you can own because in a, and Jocko also talks about this too. So all the credit to him when he's talking about leadership, especially with, he's talking about other people, but I think also he, this is a thing that you can use for yourself too, is when you create something that you can follow through with like a plan, you naturally want to do it. So then, like when we're talking about accountability, it's like responsibility, accountability. These are things where you have to come to grips with truth, like you were just talking about. Like yeah. The truth hurts. Yeah. But also, there's a part of you that already wants to do these things. Yeah. So structuring a path for you to do things that you already are motivated to do just reinforces leadership within yourself. Mm-hmm. So then accountability only comes when it's typically, you know, you have to be responsible for something that you did, right? These other things are going to come to you naturally because if you're leading yourself well, you're going to take ownership of all of this plan in the first place. <laughs> yeah. So if you make the plan slowly, yeah, you're naturally going to want to do that and then you're leading yourself well through life. 
this is something that you and I talk about quite a bit, especially when I'm having an anxious episode, is what makes me feel proud of myself. Because it's really important when human beings are feeling less than, um, I mean, I think one of the, the greatest human conditions is not feeling like you're enough. Always asking like, am I enough? Or telling yourself I'm not enough. It's like, how do you, how do you counteract that? How do you battle that? And it's self-esteem is not something that you're necessarily born with and you hang on to for the rest of your life. It's not like the lucky ones have it and the unlucky ones don't. You build self-esteem and that pride in yourself by doing esteemable acts, and that's particular to you. So when you're talking about that, that accountability and making that list of things and following through with those things, it sounds nuts, but if you, you make a list for yourself of things that you can do, and you do them, it does make you feel prouder of yourself and you do start to build that esteem that maybe you feel has been missing. And, and I'm one of those people that when I am feeling insecure or I'm feeling less than or I'm not feeling very proud of myself, it's because I've neglected myself and I'm not thinking about what I want. I'm not thinking about how I feel I'm just sort of at the mercy of life and the world and like whatever is going on. Like I have no structure. And I also have realized as I've gotten older, like those huge goals that I have for my life are great. But if I can't do the simple things, like I'm just going to use a dumb example, but like if I can't depend on myself to take out the trash on Tuesdays, how the fuck am I supposed to do the greater goals that I have in my life because I can't even depend on myself to be like, this is a small thing that has to be done every week. Am I accountable to that thing or not? No. So why would I ever, if I was on the outside looking in and I was looking to hire somebody and they were like, well, I can't really get my cans out on time. Uh, <laughs> you know, that wouldn't be the greatest person to consider for a big job that I need. Like that's how we look at ourselves, whether we like it or not is like, that's truly what being your own best friend means. What it looks like is really thinking about what's meaningful to you and are you showing up for yourself? This is, this is what I'm talking about is like relationships with other people are really important, obviously. But the most important relationship that you're ever going to have in your life is the one that you have with yourself. And that's why that self-accountability and the self-respect and the self-love, like when I read these motivational Monday things or I read memes on Instagram, like the positive thinking ones, like why they sometimes they just go over my head or they irritate me is because, yes, you're talking about self-love, but what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. You know, like. Break it down. Yeah, that means nothing to me. Because when somebody says, you just need to love yourself more, I think to myself, like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> not to be rude, but it's like, that's such a surface level, like, bullshit, you know, frosting, looks pretty, sounds pretty thing. Like, just, those are pretty words, but I need to know what that looks like and what that means. And for me on this journey that I've been on, self-love 
is learning that I can depend on myself and I can trust myself. Even in those moments in life when I've been betrayed by other people or I've been hurt by other people, I know that I'm safe with me. And these little things are actually like what led me to that headspace. That's what self-love is to me, is taking care of myself. And that doesn't mean doing a fucking face mask every Sunday, even though that's nice. Yeah, Self-love is like discipline and accountability, self-responsibility, believing in myself. When I'm able to, like you were saying, if, if you're, you make that list for yourself and you can fulfill those things, you're not setting yourself up to fail. You're setting yourself up to succeed because these are things that you can do. Learning to do those things and then being able to build a stronger and stronger sense of self and self-reliance and, and appreciation and love for yourself. is like, wow, look at what I've been able to do. And it doesn't matter what it sounds like or looks like to anybody else. Because I'm sure there are people out there that are like, oh, well, this is your list? Yeah. Oh, you want to be able to be on time with your trash cans? Oh, you want to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning every morning or 5 o'clock in the morning every morning? That's dumb. Who gives a shit? That's not them, and that's fine. And I guarantee you that those people don't have a list also. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that I've, I've taken away from Jocko specifically is when he's talking about this type of structure for yourself and leadership and that type of thing, he mentions some things in there. One, one which I picked up on, which I believe is, is good for doing this for yourself like you're talking about. Yeah. And I think what it is, at least for me, it's an exchange of words. Accountability is fairly aggressive, even though it's a clinical term. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like accountability is a good word for what we're talking about, meaning you have to be accountable for things. But I think in this situation, so that you're not harping on yourself all the time, ownership is a better word. Yes. Yes. Because you're leading yourself to a better place. Yeah. You already want to do that. Mm-hmm. So you're not sitting there and trying to boss yourself around and be like, you need to be accountable for taking your trash cans out. I see what you're saying. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Because I don't want us include, you know, you and me included <laughs> along with everybody listening, thinking that we're trying to tell you that you need to beat yourself up every day. No. In order to be better. It's mm-hmm. not. You're trying to give yourself a path that you can follow that has some structure so that you can improve self-esteem and you can improve quality of life and you can improve how you feel every day just with some simple things. So I think to better (laughs) all of us, maybe what we should do is honor the fact that I think ownership of what you're doing every day when you do this is, is a healthier way to start and then accountability obviously is a hundred percent a piece of it but i think that involves more of like when you get down the road a little bit more yeah that's a really good point because i also know that like the, the whole reason that we wanted to talk about this is because the language that they use sometimes just feels abrasive yeah and like accountability is something that like a principle says 
you need to take accountability. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that just doesn't feel good. So that's a really good point. Ownership is actually a beautiful word because being the owner of your life is so meaningful. Not feeling like everybody else owns you or you're answering to anybody else. You know, you, you answer it to you first. It's pride. Yeah. And we're not talking about pride as pride equivalent to ego and, and no. that. Pride meaning like you should feel proud of yourself. And I would also like to add to, to that sentiment that, you know, when I'm talking about things that I set for myself, goals that I set for myself, when I don't reach them because you can't all the time. You know, like it took me a while to adjust to the fact that now I'm not waking up at four. I'll probably go back to it, but I was having a lot of trouble sleeping and I was in that anxiety cycle that we were discussing earlier and sleep became of paramount importance because I could not get a grip. Literally, I was struggling really hard at first I'm the type of person, as I've admitted to several times, where I'm the meanest person I've ever been in my life to me. So when I first had to make that adjustment, I was a dick to myself about it. Like, oh, look, you, you're not keeping it up anymore, blah, 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 being a, a douche. The adjustment that was helpful for me was saying, the path has changed for the moment, it's not always going to be this way. It can't always be any one way. So you're still taking care of yourself. The plan just shifted and it's okay. And I've really been practicing a lot active for self-forgiveness, being able to sit with myself when I'm beating myself up and saying, it's okay. There's always next time. You know that this didn't feel good when whatever it was happened. Next time you can do better. Do better next time. That's all. Instead of making everything so black and white, that's really the kind of thinking that I'm trying to pull myself out of. All or nothing, black and white. It's this or it's that. I'm failing or I'm succeeding. I'm still on the path. You know, I'm, I'm trying to teach myself. I'm trying to learn. So when I miss the mark, it's like, okay, well, now I'm more aware of what the mark is. And I tell myself, sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, you know what? You did good, kid. It's all right. I try to imagine like what the best coach would have been for me or the best friend would say to me. And I try to practice saying that to myself. So I'm not in that cycle you're talking about of just like beating the shit out of yourself when you don't quite get where you wanted to get. Because it's inevitable. Life happens, you know? You got to do the best that you can, sure. That's going to change every day. Like, my best some days is awesome, and then my best other days is, like, in my book, what I consider for myself to be subpar. But what matters is showing up and practicing that self-forgiveness because you're more likely to be forgiving of, of other people's shortcomings as well if you can give that to yourself. Be like, it's all right, kid. <laughs> You've got another at bat. You're all right. Yeah. And and also with, you know, in regards to when we're talking about 
goal, the goal setting and the planning and the structure and all that stuff is is that's all going to have to be a flexible plan. Because if you do run into situations like you did, Tana, where it's like if your anxiety is high and you can't sleep and the hours that you're allowed to sleep interrupt with what your structured plan was, then you have to adjust. Like this is how you find your way until your plan starts to align with goals. So if you're if you've laid out this plan and you're only hitting a few of the goals, then you can adjust. And then when you adjust, you'll figure out something new. It's all about like it's it's almost like a, a trying to build something from scratch. Yeah. You know. So when you get to a certain point you're like, "Oh, well, well this doesn't work and so you don't start playing the blame game on everything and coming down hard on yourself. You have to find you have to start finding solutions to what is interrupting your plan for leading yourself. So rather than when this is where accountability comes in is ac- accountability is like now I'm going to take responsibility for the fact that I need to change things and I need to find solutions, that's accountability, responsibility. Those can be hard words there because you do want to find solutions where it's like, okay, my anxiety is high. I need to get sleep. I can't get up at four. Okay, I need to be accountable for my rest. (laughs) You know, it's like I need to, the solution is I need to sleep during that time, so I'm going to move my wake-up time. Yeah. So It's also not allowing yourself to succumb to pressure from the outside world. Yeah. You know, like if you've dedicated yourself and I did it publicly, like I was like, oh, I want to try this out. When that shifted, I can't care what other people say about it. Yeah. I can't feel pressured by that. And of course people are going to say something, but that's okay. You know, a lot of that came from curiosity. I don't think a lot of it came from like judgment. Yeah. But understanding that life is always an adjustment. And especially when I was in that place of, and I'm still kind of, I I don't want to even act like I'm out of the woods, but when I've been in this anxious state, I, I lose it when I don't sleep. I have a lot of trouble just (laughs) functioning and being productive and not being negative and not feeling like when I don't sleep and I'm anxious, I feel like I lose a lot of hope which is a hor- that I feel like that is the worst place in life to be in and I and I know that there are so many people that feel that way and how to get that back looks different to everybody when I made that plan I was in a better place <laughs> I wasn't feeling so anxious so when you're talking about making those adjustments that's also being loving to yourself is being like well when I first made this plan my priorities were different I still have the same goal in mind, but now my priority has to be what's the best thing for me right now? Sleep. Yeah. I've got to make it happen. I've got to figure out a way to make it happen. And I also want to talk about how society talks about positive thinking versus what the reality is. Because I feel like you're touching on that now. Yeah. Positive thinking is not thinking that everything is fucking great all the time. 
at least in my inter- interpretation, this is something that I've had to shift for myself where it was almost offensive when people would be like, you know, think happy thoughts, do your affirmations. It's so dismissive of my feelings. That's how I feel sometimes in certain headspaces when I see things like that. Sure, affirmations are great. They don't mean shit if you're in a space where you're saying them and your brain goes, in what world, sweetie? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, it's sort of a moot point. Positive thinking to me means what you're talking about is being more solution-oriented, being like acknowledging of your feelings, sure, I feel hopeless, I feel sad, I feel tired, I feel whatever. Insert whatever. How can I feel better than I'm feeling right now? Gabby Bernstein, do you have you ever read any of her books? Um, I don't think I have. She's pretty great and she would be considered somebody in like more of the spiritual realm, she, but she talks a lot about this kind of stuff is that it's really inappropriate to set a standard for yourself where you're like, I feel like shit, I should feel great. How do I feel great? It's like she talks about what is the better feeling feeling than what I'm experiencing right now. So let's say uh, I feel sad. Well, if the best that I can do to get myself out of that sadness is to go to something like anger or jealousy. That's not the goal emotion, but it's better than feeling sad so that you're not setting this precedent for yourself where you're either going to be sad or insanely happy. It's really taking, it's dismantling the ideology that positive thinking means that no bad feelings exist. Yeah. And I think if we're applying that to you know, self-leadership, put yourself in a situation of leading somebody else. Yeah. Like if somebody came to you and said, I'm really sad about this particular thing, what would you say? You'd be like, well, you better get happy. Like, would you say that? <laughs> no. Exactly. I'd be the worst person but, ever. But that's what like a lot of positive thinking things that are thrown in your face are saying. Right. You better get happy. It'd be like, that's bullshit. That's not how it works. I'm sorry. Right. It'd be like, if you're, if you're lead, you have to always, you don't have to do anything. I'm just giving an example. You can always look at situations, which I, I'm a big fan of, if it was towards someone else or if you were in someone else's shoes. Yes. Those types of things. So if you're looking at somebody else and you're the leader, quotations, mm-hmm. you would never say any of that garbage to somebody right and i'm not saying that positive thinking memes or or quotes are are not you know motivational at some points in your life i'm not knocking them all down right i'm just saying for the most part if you're putting it into you know the context of what we're talking about yeah they're not very motivational no they make you feel like shit yeah and it's it's like if you how about how about if you're sad and you're being your own leader in my personal opinion, I would look at it and be like, you know what? It's okay to be sad about that particular thing. Let's keep moving forward with what we got to do during the day, but go ahead and be sad. Yeah. Because there's nothing wrong with doing 
things that you need to complete to stay within a structure while you're sad. Well, and you're not talking about doing those things as an, as an avoidance tactic. No. You're not talking about that. You're talking about perseverance. Well, yeah. And perseverance is big, is, is that you're allowed to feel sad. I mean, this has been a, a huge thing that I've been working on in therapy, and I've said this before, I'm not the best at allowing myself to feel. Unless I'm getting paid for it, and then it's <laughs> and then it's free reign, you know, because I feel in in that territory, that's what people expect of me. That's what they're paying me for. There's a freedom there. There's no judgment there. Yeah. But when it comes to feeling my feelings in real life, I'm only learning how to do that now in in adulthood, and it's really hard. But I do notice that the more I am allowing, like you're saying, how I would be allowing of another person, the more that I give that to myself, the easier I can work through those emotions. And I'm not just stuffing it to the point where I have like a blow up or a breakdown of some kind. It's really just about being like, everyone has a right to their feelings it doesn't mean that it has to paralyze you. You can find little ways to move forward, even if it's not the huge goals on your list. Yeah. We're just talking about, you know, sometimes I say this on my stories. If all you did today was get up out of bed and made yourself a cup of tea or coffee, that's a win because you could have stayed in bed. It's sure. little, 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 little things like that. That's what we're talking about is, is how you build building, building, building on little things to bigger things. I think a good point also to take into consideration is humans are highly evolved, highly intelligent, highly multi-capable. It's unbelievable. So to sit there and think that you can't be sad and simultaneously be doing structured events to keep yourself from coming unraveled Mm -hmm. is very silly. So I know we're calling it perseverance, but you can almost call it multitasking Mm -hmm. in a, in a small way Yeah, where I find it very helpful and also very, a very useful tool to do things simultaneously when you're working through something. So if you've had something bad happen to you, if you've had, in emotional occurrence that you need to process. Yeah. You have to let yourself process it. But a way to let yourself process it is to simultaneously do something that's quote unquote mindless. Yeah. Like to, cleaning. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's like, my thing. <laughs> cleaning works great. Cause it's like, yeah. you, you got to do it anyways. So why not do it and let yourself process mm-hmm. at the same time? Along with what that does is it holds your structure together. Yeah. But also allows you to be open with yourself about your feelings. Yeah. Well, I think that it's also really helpful if you're like me and you get very intimidated by your feelings, because I do. Yeah. When I realize that I can multitask in that way, you know, I can't tell you how many times something has happened in my real life while I'm filming a movie and because of the parameters of my job, I can't show that to the world. I can't show that on camera. 
You know, it's not like <laughs> I'm not being filmed. Yeah. So when I can still show up in those moments and I can still function, even if it's not at my highest abilities, I realize I'm not going to die from my feelings. It's not going to end anything because I felt it. That's how I've, I mean, I know that that sounds really dramatic, but sometimes for me, that's how it feels. When I get overwhelmed with emotions, sometimes it feels like it's going to end everything, even if it's going to end me. You know, they're so overwhelming. But when I'm talking about the perseverance aspect of it, it's really showing how human beings are so resilient. Like we don't even give ourselves enough credit for how resilient we are. Like, you know, I know the things that I've lived through. I know the things you've lived through. And there are people who have lived through the most unimaginable things. And we always find a way to keep going. And I think that that's what, the, for me, the real positive thinking is, is, is just promising myself that I'll keep going, whatever that looks like. Sometimes it's going to look great and it's going <laughs> to look like a movie montage. You know, I was talking about that on my Instagram the other day that it's like when I'm going through challenging times in my life, I really wish that <laughs> it went by as quickly and as cinematically as like a movie montage does. But always pushing forward, always finding a way to keep going, even if it's the tiniest step. I really loved, I watched a, a couple of Tony Robbins speeches recently and I know that he's kind of a polarizing figure but I feel like for the most part everyone sort of has a nugget of wisdom that you can take something away from so like him or not I I really appreciated this sentiment which is that he says I don't believe you should go to your garden and chant there's no weeds there's no weeds and think that's going to solve something I'm a believer in finding the weed and ripping it out that's what real positive thinking is to me. It's not, there's no weeds, there's no weeds, everything's perfect, and thinking that I'm going to manifest a life with no problems. Yeah. It's, it's actually greater than that in the sense that knowing that I'm brave enough to realize there are those weeds in my life, I'm brave enough to not only acknowledge that, but take care of them. Yeah. I think it's... That is correct. That's a that's a much deeper way of looking at it. <laughs> I think really what it is is it's like humans need to be way more solution-based thinkers. And of course we do have some of those. But emotional people will find a lot of you know freedom in solution-based thinking. Yeah. And it doesn't come easy. But if they can make the the realization and start. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it will help. So something like that that Tony said. That's that's a 100% solution based. Yes. Thinking. And that's really what makes things positive because you could take any situation and try to find the solution to whatever the emotion that's bothering you like how it's been created. I want to give an example of that. Sure. Is, for instance, I'm not in the kind of shape that I'm used to being in. And it's something that I'm working on. And it has less to do with my obligations towards my career and, like, whatever the fuck that means, you know? Yeah. More to do with, like, 
how it makes me feel about myself. Like I've, I got into a habit where I just felt completely out of control, wasn't taking care of myself. Were there moments where I was like, well, yeah, it's the pandemic's fault. It's DoorDash's fault. Right. Who the fuck is ordering the DoorDash? Me. Uh-huh. You know, like everything is decision-based and that's the completely empowering part and also the really fucking annoying part about all of it is like if you are looking for those weeds, that's a weed. Oh, yeah. You know, like, okay, I'm not meeting my goals of feeling really healthy and that also was feeding into my... uh <laughs> No pun intended, feeding into. But that was also contributing to my shit sleep. Eating like crap. Oh, yeah. And And I'm so sensitive that it's like, well, no shit, bitch. Eating a fucking jack-in-the-box at 10 p.m. is not really conducive to restorative slumber. Well, that and you also have like stomach issues. Oh, huge. Yeah. Even smelling Jack in the Box is probably not good for you. Yeah. That type of thing is. Say goodbye to your stomach lining. Reality check. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is like, that's what ownership looks like. That's what accountability looks like is being like, yeah, I could blame all of the triggers. Sure. Just use the word, all of the triggers. Yeah. (laughs) The, Uh, The pandy, the stress, the anxiety. And I'm like, okay, well, is it a temporary solution? Can it fall into the category of like, I'm making myself feel better? Yeah. Because there isn't much that for five minutes eating a cheeseburger is not going to (laughs) fix. But if I'm talking long game, I need to get real with myself and be like, okay, so for five minutes, you've alleviated the sensation of anxiety. Yeah. But is that a real solution? No. No. So my personal accountability is being like, let's be honest. Is this something that I want? Do I want to get back into a healthy place? Do I want to get back into shape? Yes. Yeah. You can have anything that you want. You have to be willing to pay for it. Sure. That means making different decisions. So that also, that ownership also gives you the freedom to be like, yeah, I want that, but I don't want it that bad right now. So I'm going to keep fucking around with fast food. That's also your choice because it's your life and you can do whatever you want. If you're in that space, that's fine too. But I can't be that person who blames everything on everything and everyone else. It's my choice to do all of those things, good and bad. Yeah, that's exactly correct. You're finding a solution for whatever it is that it's not necessarily... It's hard to use the word solution because that implies there's a problem. Yeah. There isn't a problem. There's a goal. Yeah. So you want to find a path to the goal. Yeah. And that's what I meant when I said, like, you can have anything that you want. You just have to be willing to pay for it. Like, the cost of what my goal is, is not eating like shit. Yeah. Is getting up and doing a workout because it's not only good for my body and going towards that goal, but for me exercise is the most powerful antidepressant on the planet. Yeah. That's for me personally, you know? And I think the solution part of it that I was speaking about is more directed towards the emotional realm. So if you're having, let's just use, let's use, since this will become a big topic this year is let's use financials. Yes. 
say you're actually developing anxiety over financial situations Mm -hmm. and that anxiety leads you down, you know, a spiral into whatever other bad habits that happen from that, you know, like how do I kill, you know, killing the anxiety, kill the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Kill the pain type stuff. So whether that's, you know, food or booze or whatever, whatever it ends up being, you know, everybody's got their own thing, but solution (laughs) is when that comes into play where it's like, okay, what's causing the anxiety financials. Okay. What do I have to do to alleviate the anxiety based on financial situation? And then if you were to put your time and effort into figuring out the financial situation, Mm -hmm. the anxiety will go away. Yeah, because you're dealing you're dealing in facts. In, in facts, yeah. Yeah, and not just your your. Well, you're not. You're I want to be careful about saying it this way, but you know, I'm I'm a huge advocate for feeling your feelings. At the same time, feelings aren't always facts. Yeah, and they sort of like balance each other out in a way because you do have to deal in facts. And this is a perfect example, like financially, people are really suffering and there's always something that you can do in terms of getting real with yourself about what's happening. There are a lot of people who are between a rock and a hard place, you know, and like this whole concept that we're all in the same boat is not true. It's just not Like there are people who have actually made money in this time versus people who are losing everything, you know, and I don't want to get too in depth with that because I don't want this to come across offensive or dismissive at all. What we're talking about is instead of always trying to numb the pain of really really difficult hardships that people are experiencing right now. Like, you know, I'm not going to say don't ever try to numb the pain because that's ridiculous. Like you're a human being. And of course, sometimes yeah, it's, gotta happen. it's fucking helpful. Yeah. I got drunk with my best friend on the phone last Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that, but I feel like what you're talking about is instead of doing that consistently, it's like, sitting down and seeing the pieces of that problem that you do have a con- have control over. And, you know, if we weren't in a pandemic and the financial hardships that everyone is going through right now wasn't happening, if it was just regular life, you know, when people say, oh, I want to have, let's say, let's just use a car as an example. I want to have one of... Manny Koshbin's cars, okay? Like, I want to have a Maybach, or I want to have a Ferrari, or something like that. Um, That personal ownership component of that is choosing not to buy all the dumb shit that you don't need to work towards the thing that you really want. Yeah. Having the personal discipline and the strength to say, it doesn't matter what anybody else says, I'm saving for this goal. That's what I want. You know, even if it's something simpler than a Ferrari, I'm just using really extreme (laughs) examples because that's something that you really have to save for. But, you know, not caring about the optics of whatever it is that you're doing in your life, 
what is your specific goal? What is something that is meaningful to you that you want? Being willing to sacrifice temporary comforts for an ultimate goal. It's really hard. And I also don't want it to sound like anything that we're saying we think is simple. It's, no, no, no. it's not simple because I'm I'm in the trenches right now. Yeah. Trying to work through these things. But that's where that self-pride comes from. It's not from facing comfortable, easy shit. It's from facing the tough shit and making it through it, being like, holy crap. Yeah. I did it. The circumstances were not easy. Maybe the circumstances weren't technically in my favor, but I made it through it. Even if even if making through it is making it through a really, really, really tough day. Yeah. I think making it through it is what I was talking about with, you know, solution-based thinking is you can make it through a lot of stuff by trying to find out which avenues will bring you to your goal. Closer to it even, yeah. Or even just making it out of whatever situation that you're in. If you put more energy mm-hmm. into finding how many avenues you can take, which includes direction, you know, mm-hmm. out of out of whatever the situation is, I think is better time spent thinking than being in a spiral about what your brain thinks could happen. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because the the whole idea of allowing your brain the amount of time it takes to get it into a spiral to the point where you're like, I'm going to lose everything, it's all over, like those types of things, that, was, that yeah. type of thinking has to be redirected. That so energy, yes. That energy has yes. to be redirected. Yeah. So then when your brain starts seeing, because your brain's just a computer. So when your brain starts seeing solutions and different routes mm-hmm. or avenues or directions out of a situation, then you're giving your brain information to start processing the positive side of what's going on. And what that what will happen with that is your your brain will go into it you'll you'll almost be like energized with like okay now now i have now i have some sort of tangible thing to hold on to to move away from what's negative right that's positive thinking well that me. that's also i think that that's true that and this is really what uh jocko and david goggins and tony robbins are are talking about they're talking about this concept that you're speaking on which is that your brain is a computer all of this regimented, like Navy SEAL disciplined thinking, what they're talking about is rewiring your brain, reprogramming your brain. It's such a pain in the ass, dude. Like (laughs) I have all of these old programs running in my brain all the time that it's just a constant, I'm just constantly hammering on those things with peace and love. Oh yeah. You know, like, this is not how I think anymore. Nope. No, yeah. no. We're not going down that path. It really is about reprogramming your mind and how you approach problems and solutions 
that I think that that's why, besides the obvious military training aspect of it, what when you're applying this to your real life, like that's why they say it as aggressively as they do and as harshly as they do is because sometimes you really have to work extremely hard to break bad programming in your mind. That's why how I interpret, I mean, I know that we joke about this all all the time when Goggins says like, fuck people become a savage. <laughs> what that really means to me is like, fuck what everybody else thinks. Yeah. You know, there's so many people that harp on other human beings like, oh, you're so dumb thinking this is cool. Oh, you're so dumb trying that. Like, fuck you. Like, whatever. Most of the people who have the time and energy to harp on you and be an asshole and like be negative they're not people who are currently or maybe ever have tried for anything. They're not putting their asses on the line trying for something. That's And they're sad. You know, Gary Vee was talking about this the other day. Have you ever had the time to shit on somebody else trying something? No. So it's like instead of listening to them and, and allowing that old programming in your mind to be like, well, maybe they're right. No, they're not. No. They're just being haters, and that's a sad existence. And it's like, send them love and light and leave them where they're at. Yeah. And you keep going. And when he says become a savage, that means become so dedicated to your life and become so dedicated to yourself that you train yourself to believe that you are unstoppable because human beings really are. When you think about what human beings have been able to accomplish over the course of our history, it's insane. There are certain things that, like, I can't even believe. Look at Elon Musk. Yeah. The guy is a freak of nature. <laughs> he's such an incredible person. That's not, he's not, not a human being. You know, human beings are incredible. Well, he, he might be AI. I don't know. He might be. He might be a bad example. <laughs> No, I, think I think he's he, a robot sometimes, I but think, I think he's a good example of that. He's, but very, I, I'm just using that as the example of like when Goggins is saying, fuck people become a savage is like, believe in yourself. Yeah. Fuck everybody else. Focus on you. Focus on what it is that you want. This is your one life. Take that life by the lapels. Yep. Show them who's boss. <laughs> That's what he's talking about. That's how I interpret it is to stop listening to everybody else. Start listening to you. Yeah. My life changed when I started to do it. Am I not successful in that all the time? Yeah. Because sometimes other people are louder than my inner voice. You know, that's what the challenge is about being a human being. It's fucking hard. Yeah. But this is why, like, we wanted to talk about this is because I've been experiencing a lot of hardship emotionally and in other ways too. And it's like, this is me, as you said the other night, this is a bootstraps time, pulling myself up by my bootstraps. Yeah. And I know that I'm not alone. I know you're not alone. Like we want all of you to know that you're not alone either. And there are things that you can really like utilize this time for. Really get on your own team. Yeah, you're you can, you're so worth it. You can dig into, you know, what 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 it is you're trying to go for. Yeah. Life wise. Anything. 
maybe maybe you're just trying to you know find some sort of stability that's why this information i think is is helpful in that direction where kind of explain some of the you know fancy talk yeah into some more reality where it's like this is really just talking about some basics to help you cope with finding a direction it's it's we're trying to make it a bit more digestible yeah cuz i don't know when we were talking about this before it's like <laughs> There's so much valuable information, but a lot of people don't hear it that way. Yeah. And we just didn't want this knowledge to go missed, you know? Yeah. That's not the right way to say it, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you don't want it to go by you, or at least if you're watching the, some of those videos where you're like, what the hell are they talking about? Sometimes I know what happens is people watch those and they're like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's Navy SEALs. They've been reprogrammed and they're this and that. And be like, well, they have been, but they're also sharing how. They're sharing how so that you can make it applicable to real life. Yeah. It doesn't just have to be. You don't have to be a SEAL. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they've had to be rewired because of what their job entails and what what their position in this world asks of them. Yeah. But. Their Jocko and Goggins in particular are sharing that to help improve people's lives. Like Goggins sharing his whole fitness journey is he's brave enough and open enough to be willing to say, like, I used to be that person who ate my feelings. Yeah. And wasn't in shape. And it came to a point where it's like, I can't blame anybody for that. No. This is not who I want to be. And for some people that works. Sure. And that's fine too, but I'm saying if you're in a position where you're not who you want to be, these are things that help you take the steps to change that because you do have the power. I really recommend this book that I read. I probably read it for the first time about two years ago, but I reread it every once in a while when I need it. Yeah. You Are a Badass. Oh, yeah. By Jen Sincero. I think that's how you say her last name. Yeah. It's great because it gives you valuable information, but it's also such a good hype. When you're feeling like shit and you're just like, I, I'm not doing anything, I can't do anything, whatever. You read this book and it just really puts some wind beneath those wings. <laughs> and she's not brutal about shit. No. So if Goggins that's is not your speed, <laughs> <laughs> she will be. Yeah, that's a great book. And it's not specific to women either. Like this is a. It's general. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the bottom line is when we're talking about this discipline stuff, discipline is freedom. Yeah. It sounds wrong. You know, especially being a creative person, being an artist, I guess the stereotypical idea of that is like, I can't be structured. I can't. I can't have a schedule. I just need to be free. Yeah. It's not where it's at. <laughs> Discipline is true freedom because you know that you are participating in every aspect of your life. Time management, all of it. Yeah. You know, when people are like, I don't have enough time. Beyonce has enough time. Oh, I know. When you when you when you get <laughs> Gary in Gary V has enough time. The Rock has enough time. Th this is one of the this is a a quote. Meaning like quotations, I don't have enough time. 
that I have a real hard time with as far as people using that as an excuse. It's okay to say you're busy. Yeah. Saying you don't have enough time is bullshit because I'm sorry. <laughs> people like Prince exist. Yeah. Or existed. Oh, the Rock. My favorite. Gary V. Oprah. Well, I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, I think Gary V and The Rock do twice as much as Oprah does. Yeah, but I'm still saying like when these people still have time for their family and friends, yeah. and these are the human beings who are running the biggest companies in the world, the biggest empires in the world, they've figured out how to manage their time. Yeah, and I, and and I know it, like the follow-up for some people that are kind of stuck in the making excuses department are going to be like, yeah, but they have people that work for them. So you'd be like, they are still their bosses. That's another thing on their schedule. Yeah, sure. They're they're. If you use the Rock as an example, though, y- yeah. If he has people working for him, it still doesn't matter. No, I mean, he's if still you, managing if you, them. If you watch his Instagram the other night, he posted something at like. 11? Yeah. And he was eating, because that's what he has to do for the Black Adam trading. Oh, I can't wait. But then he has another workout at midnight. Yep. Before he goes to sleep. And then his first workout's at 6 a.m. Yeah. So think about that. But this is what I was saying earlier. You can have what you want if you're willing to pay for it. Yeah. That's a sacrifice he's willing to make. Yeah. He only gets six hours sleep, four hours sleep, two hours sleep sometimes. That's not consistent. And he always makes time for his kids. Always. Always makes time for the family. Discipline is freedom. Time management, dude. He makes time for you people on Instagram. The most. To show you how to make his pancakes. (laughs) Like he took time out of the day the other day to do that. I loved that. With the the woman that came up with the the recipe. His chef, yeah. Yeah, with the chef. Yeah. It's like he always has time to do those types of things. Yeah. And so, sorry, everybody's got enough time. Yes. That's the thing that is always thrown in people's faces. Like, yeah, well, I could do that if I had a chef. Well, I could do that if, you know, it's like, yeah, but you're not even willing to do the things he had to do before he got the chef. Sure. He has a chef because now he has built himself an empire where he can afford to get help. So that he can time manage. Well, he's he's he doesn't want to be spending his time. This is what I mean by accountability is like getting real with yourself. If you enjoyed cooking, great. You probably wouldn't buy a chef if you had the kind of money he had. Yeah. But if your priority is your family, of course you would get one. Don't act like you wouldn't get a chef. Yeah, but people are not understanding that he himself as a human is an entity. Yes. And that's where the confusion is like, oh, he this and that. Everybody thinks he's sitting at home on the couch and then just working out and having a chef cooking food. Be like the man himself is a business. Yeah. So uh, imagine whether it's a personal trainer, which exists, whether it's a, you know, a nutritionist, whether it's a, a, a chef, whoever that it's all part of the business. You got to remember he, he's a production company. He's an actor. He's an entrepreneur. He's a, you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah. But to make those things happen and for you to see him the way that he needs to be presented, for example, when he does Black Adam, there's no way that he's going to have the time within the day to create all of this because he's got Zoa, he's got Termana, he's got 
seven bucks. He's got Under Armour. Under Armour. He's got. I mean, the it's it's endless. Yeah. So for him to make that all happen, it's him himself is the company. People that are working for him are the employees, and they're part of the company mm-hmm. to make those things happen so that everybody has something to ingest. Yes. Whether it's like with your stomach or with your eyes or whatever it is. Consume, I, I guess love, is a better word. I love him as an example because he cares the most about his audience and his fans. Yeah. And he works as hard as he does because contribution is his number one. Yeah. He wants to make people feel better. He wants their lives to be better. He wants to entertain them. And look at how seriously he takes entertaining people. Look at what he puts his body through so that he can best represent Black Adam, which yeah. is going to be iconic. Yeah. Can't fucking wait. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like that's one of those when you're listening to people judging people like The Rock and all that he has is like he had seven bucks. Yeah. And look at what he's created. So when I look at a man like that, even if I don't know the behind the scenes, is like what I'm being presented with, I take that as motivation and an inspiration. It makes me want to believe in myself more. If he can do it and he started with seven bucks and he's faced as much rejection and quote unquote failure as he has and he's been able to build that, like I could do that too. Yeah. I don't look at it as like, well, why does he get to do that and not me? No. Exactly. I look at it as like human beings are powerful. Human beings are magical, mystical creatures. And like, if he can do it, I can too. Sure. And that's a, he's a good example of how the structuring works that we were talking about earlier in this, the, the whole idea of this particular episode. Or it's like, he's a great example of that. He's got to eat at certain times. He's got to do business at certain times. Like your day is mapped out and there's plenty of guys like that. And Gary's like that too. Yes. And it's like, you got to take into consideration time is money. And it doesn't matter if you're on their level or if you're on seven bucks level. Yeah. Time still is money. So That's what positive thinking is, is like your life is not less valuable just because you're on a different level. It's like, if you have that mentality of, I am valuable. My time is valuable. Yeah. If if you're making moves like that, no matter what level. Time is always valuable. So the, stru- always. the structure part is like, imagine the stresses that come with something at that level. The structure <laughs> part is what keeps not necessarily stress at bay, but it keeps stress manageable to the point where you go, okay, tomorrow, this is where we fit this in. Or... You know, a week from now, this is where we fit this in. So structured, you can get through your day where it's like, okay, here's the goals way down the road. Right. And then you're making little moves every day for bigger goals down the road. To get there. Yeah. Imagine the self-respect that The Rock has. Oh, it's amazing. That's what I'm talking about is like he. But it's been years. Yeah. To develop that. So it takes time. That's what I keep telling myself. (laughs) (laughs) I keep telling myself that, that like I'm going to get there and every little victory that I'm able to achieve from even just having a a really productive day or a really emotionally productive day or just getting up when I say I'm going to get up, working out when I say I'm going to work out, those little follow throughs for me, that's what I keep telling myself is that's what I want to build to is building my success 
whatever that ends up looking like. Yep. It's just little, little goals, some, you know, leadership for yourself. Yeah. And then patience and some empathy. Yeah. All for yourself. That's the fun part about this episode. This is all for you to take in. Yeah. And like start to think about for you, not for anyone else. We want you to value yourself as much as we value you. Yeah. You know, and like that's my wish for myself too. And that's my wish for you, Cage, is like getting to a place where this is what self-love really is, is, you know, I'm going to keep harping on The Rock because he's a great example. But the reason that he's able to love people so well and contribute so much is because of how full of self he is, how much self-respect he has. That's what gives him the ability to respect other human beings so much. And, like, that's my goal. I want to be taking good care of myself so that I can take good care of other people, too, and contribute something. Like, if one person listens to this and relates and takes some piece of knowledge away from it, like, that's a fucking win for me. Oh, yeah. Me, too. That's the whole idea about this podcast in general is to provide at least someone will take a snippet and make their life better. Yeah, even if that snippet is you laughing. <laughs> Love making you laugh. Indeed. <laughs> so in summation, we are always rooting for you. I know that during this pandemic, a lot of us have felt very isolated and very alone, and I'm hopeful that the world is starting to at least open back up again. But I hope that you know that even though we don't know you in real life, we are always rooting for you. You've got strangers wishing you the best, rooting you on, cheering you on all the time. And when we find helpful information, we always want to share it with you just in case it might help you out on your journey. And in the words of Hunger Games... May the odds be forever in your favor. <laughs> <laughs> also know that, I mean, we're, we're on a journey as well. So when we're finding information that's helpful to us, so we just want to pass it along so that maybe it makes sense to you. Yeah, because we're on a struggle bus as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone is like, I don't, don't look, you can't look at what's presented to the world through social media because it's a complete facade. And, and just to be fully transparent, there have been times where I've been recording this podcast and I'm not in a great headspace. And it sounds like I am all the time. And I'm not. And I want to be transparent about that because I know that in a way, maybe that sounds like I'm contributing to the problem and don't think that I don't think about that sometimes. But just to share like what my intention is, it's because I don't want to be a person to contribute to the negativity that's floating around our world right now. And it helps me get through my day to think that if I provide a piece of content that can contribute to somebody else's happiness, that lifts my spirits. That's how I look at it. So I hope there's an understanding that I'm not faking it and just contributing to the issue at hand of everybody pretending like they're happy all the time. It really is. It, it lifts me up to think that 
some of you might listen to this and it might make your day a little bit better. And it snaps me out of my shit sometimes too. So that's it. You know, just know that we're not sitting on some soapbox saying, do this, do that. Like these are things that we're practicing right now because we've been going through it and we want to make good on information. Information is power. Knowledge is power. So yeah, try to spread the, uh, spread the love and the knowledge and, uh, make it a little bit more digestible, I guess you could say. Yeah. A little bit more palatable than, yeah. Stop being a bitch. (laughs) Not helpful. Even even though sometimes you may want to hear that. So (laughs) you can tune into Goggins for that. (laughs) And he'll, he'll tell you to stop being a bitch and that's fine. Yeah. Which sometimes I need. Same, you know, but I know where to go to get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sometimes tough love makes me die a little bit more inside, <laughs> and then sometimes it's like, yeah, I am being a bitch. Yeah, snap out of it. Yeah, we love you. We do. We're wishing you the best, always and five ever. Like and subscribe. Leave us a review. We've been getting more reviews, and it's so fantastic. We really appreciate it. Yay. Thank you guys for taking the time to do that. It's awesome. You can find us on Instagram at Tina Majorino. At Kevin Majorino. And at No Pressure Pod. Yeah. Yay. I don't know what the episode companion is going to look like for this this episode, but you know. It might be interesting. Might just be a picture of Goggins and Jocko. <laughs> you know? Uh, that'd be nice. You know what would be funny is at a certain point we should have the two of them on. Oh, my God. It would be so much fun. At the same time. That would be yeah, amazing. It would be fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would be so nervous, but I would be really excited to talk to either of them. Yeah. Okay, that's a challenge on the list. Challenge. See if we could get Jocko and Goggins. At the same time, though. I don't know if we could do same time. <laughs> I wonder if they're friends. Are they friends? They might be. Probably. Yeah. All right. Tune in next week for another episode of No Pressure. We'll see you all soon. <laughs>